You're listening to Mental Work, your debrief on the day-to-day realities of being a mental health professional. I'm Bron. And I'm Rach. Let's go. Welcome to the first season. This is our first episode. Woohoo! Today we'll be talking about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. But because this is our very first episode, you're probably wondering, who the hell are we? Who the fuck are these two? Yeah. <laughs> so let's introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm the higher, I believe I'm higher pitched than you. Oh, I thought you were going to say higher ranked or something, <laughs> which is also probably true because <laughs> we put more work into this. Oh, but- gosh. No. <laughs> uh, but, but if you need to distinguish us, I believe that Rachel has a more sultry voice. I don't know if I feel comfortable with that label. Okay. but <laughs> Sure. We're off to a great start. <laughs> And Rachel, tell us about you. Right. I guess by background, I'm a social worker, recently moved into the research space as well, researcher in youth mental health at the moment. Um, been working for about six years, I think. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's my professional biz. And tell us, why did you want to do a podcast because you asked me at a vulnerable moment whilst I was running I did and I had limited breath I I, I answer. did yes and I, I did preface <laughs> that I, I said I, I know this is a difficult moment because I noticed you were out of breath and I thought this is my time <laughs> you pounce you seize the opportunity and look I mean that's what life is all about right it is um no but seriously no I did want to do it anyway because I suppose I, I do tend to ramble on I like to have a ramble I do enjoy my, enjoy my tangents, um, but I think it's also it would also be cool to have something that's um, a bit relevant to, I suppose, the experiences we've had yes. being like early career kind of mental health professionals, mm. and specifically, you know, here in Australia as well. Yes, and and that's the reason why I wanted to start as well because I was listening to all these podcasts and they were mostly US based mm. and. There are some things that are applicable, but not everything. So yeah. I really wanted something that was applicable to the Australian context and just about the day-to-day realities. Mm. Oh, and then another reason was that with the podcasts I'm listening to overseas, there are already people who are really successful. So yeah. like... Um, <laughs> Not uh, us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was feeling bad about myself. Um, so, <laughs> um, no, but they were, so like, I think the guy who hosts psychology in Seattle, he's like a professor at a uni. Ew. And then the other people who host therapy reimagined, they've been like in this field for like 40 years. Gross. They're already talking about things and I'm like, this is helpful, but it's not... <sighs> Speaking to how much I don't know about anything. Yeah. Speak to me and my little baby psychologist yeah. brain. Yeah. And coddle my insecurities. Yeah, please. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so if if that didn't prompt you, Tell I guess me I'm not alone. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm a psychologist. I'm a baby psychologist. Wow. Um and I gained my registration last year and then I started my own practice at the start of January 2021. Because you like to do like 100,000 million things at once. Yeah. And <laughs> and that was crazy. And 
it's very isolating being mm. in private practice by yourself. Mm. And so I wanted a way to connect with other folk. But again, all the other folk are like already successful. So when I post on the Facebook, mm. I'm like, hello, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. Take pity on me. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that there are other people. So really I just, I think being a mental health professional at this point in time is probably one of the mm. hardest times ever. Yes. Um, yeah. Hmm. It's, I mean, it's, it's an unpre- unprecedented. Oh I've heard that in the news a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my God, I nearly just made myself throw up. Um, but it is, it's an unprecedented time. <laughs> I feel like throwing up too. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's pretty damn hard. And yeah. so this is like the bat signal to all those others out there. Yeah. That are kind of in the same boat. Yeah. I, like exactly. And I feel like this intros us nicely into imposter syndrome because I feel like none of us know what we're doing and we're all just bumbling along and I can't be the only one. Yeah. (laughs) Unless I am the only one and this podcast confirms that. (laughs) No, well, you've got at least one other here. (laughs) And we're hoping that you, you faithful listener I feel faithful like listener of what oh, episode I feel like that's way too yes. early I hesitated <laughs> five minutes in you will We've be our faithful ep- <laughs> you will be our faithful listener um I feel like <laughs> I feel like you will be able to hopefully relate so we want to talk about things that you can relate to or that we think that you might struggle with or things that in our journey that we've also come across and we can mm. provide some insights into some real nitty-gritty insights mm. without trying to sweep it under the rug because it's taboo or just ignore it or make it out to be really easy. Like the number of times I pull my hair out when I hear on other podcasts, they're like, just get an admin assistant and (laughs) and they make it sound so easy. And I'm with my money tree. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Tick. Mm. So we really, I just wanted to ground it to reality. What do you want to make it? Yeah. I mean, that sounds great. Yeah. Can I just say what she said? Yeah. <laughs> um, or what you said, rather, because yeah, there's you no can. one else here. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you count my friend in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> no, friend. And so hopefully we can bring to light all of those things. Yeah. Sweet as. And we are talking about imposter syndrome. We are talking about imposter syndrome. Like it's probably something that we've all kind of heard of, but it's like, what what exactly is it? Yes. <laughs> what, what, what is this thing <laughs> that we all go on about? Well, I'm interested. Well, despite its name, you know, syndrome, it's not actually like a diagnosable syndrome or disorder. What? Or... <laughs> so, so you're not going to find it in your your neighbourhood DSM mm. or ICD-10. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, so it's not actually officially recognised disorder in itself, but it is quite a recognised phenomenon mm. amongst kind of a wide range of professions really, so not just mental health, but I, I guess we're specifically going to be talking about it in relation to mental health. Mm. The psychological process behind it is basically an inability for you to integrate your achievements okay. and positive successes. So. So there's like some sort of block there yeah, that you're not able to like mentally and psychologically like integrate those experiences. Mm. So you're focusing on this, I guess, the stuff you don't have rather than what you do. So how does that, because I'm actually interested in imposter syndrome because Mm. I don't actually think I have it as much as other people do. I still have insecurities, but, but I'm not sure if I have what other people have. And so I need to know 
how is how do you experience it? Like <laughs> I don't understand. I don't actually understand exactly what it is. I think that's I think that's a tricky thing. Is oh, that okay. it's not going to be the same for everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's and that's probably why it's not like you're not going to find it in your DSM yes. because it's not going to be like a half a dozen clear criterion, mm. you know, <laughs> to um, to diagnose it. But basically, essentially, it's it, it might be different depending on the person, depending on the industry, mm. depending on the context, all that shiz. It's basically a feeling that you're not good enough is kind of, I guess, the best colloquial way to kind of say it. So you might not be helping people enough you don't have enough training, you don't know enough, basically that you're not supposed to really be there. And if people found out that you were as little trained as you were or yeah. that you weren't as if people found you out somehow, mm. that that would be a, a bad thing. Okay. So <laughs> so the fear of the fear of being found out for not being good enough. Yeah. And that just that feeling of I'm shouldn't be here. Like I, sh- I'm not supposed to be here. Okay. I don't know how I got here. <laughs> uh, okay. So that, that ties back to what you were saying at the start with mm. not being able to recognize y- your achievements. So it's like yeah. you could have a PhD and then be <laughs> like, how did I get here? Why am I doing this? But it's like, you're perfectly qualified for the role, mm-hmm. but you're afraid people mm-hmm. are going to like find you out. Yes. Yeah. Essentially. I think that's, yeah. So it's, it's, you're unable to kind of internalize your accomplishments or your capabilities, I suppose. And I suppose it's, it's very much an external kind of locus of control. So you don't have that innate kind of sense of self, I suppose. So I think that's why people experience it early early on in career because you're yet to develop that kind of professional identity for yourself. Well, you know? yeah, I have no idea yeah. who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to look like. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. So when you don't know that, yeah, it's so easy to question mm-hmm. yourself. And then whenever I ask the other psychologists about this, they always say, you need more self-reflection. Ugh, supervision. <laughs> and I just fucking tell me what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if self-reflection is going to get this. And that's what I think people say when they don't have a good answer, right? They put it back on the individual. <laughs> yes, they right? do. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so it's like organisations saying, um, oh, you need to practice better self-care yeah. rather than, oh, we need to take better care of you as yeah. an employer. Yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so like imposter syndrome could be conceptualised as maybe us like taking over responsibility for not feeling good enough, maybe like we haven't had adequate training or? It's, it's hard because okay. there's, there has been some kind of research into it, but it really, it varies wildly. Mm. There was something like, I, I think the ones I saw, the studies varied from people in like the mental health professions um, between like 9 and 82% had imposter syndrome. Okay. So that just shows you how, depending on how it's defined, yes. the study methods, <laughs> um, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to get very widely different yeah. um, results. Okay, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> so I think it's probably difficult to kind of really nut down, but it can be one of those things that if it's prolonged, yeah. then leads to further things like burnout and and can, if it becomes 
kind of all consuming, then it is going to impact your professional performance. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I guess when we think about how it's relevant to mental health mm. professionals, that's kind of it. It's like, yeah, if we feel bad about ourselves and like we're going to be exposed and like we're not helping anyone, we're going to feel rubbish and be less effective. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's, um, so it's something that I think is quite common. Mm. It's something that I hear a lot of people talk about. Yeah. But yeah, it's still kind of quite ill defined as we're discovering right now. Yes. We're not being able to pin it down. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So it's something that different people might experience differently. But I know for me, it was very much not necessarily what I had and hadn't been trained in at uni. That kind of all kind of went out the window, really. Mm. Okay. When I was at the, <laughs> when I was in my workplace, it was more kind of just this feeling of I'm not ready for this. I've got these people's well-being in my hands. Yeah. I'm scared I'm going to do the wrong thing, and I'm scared I'm going to look not good enough as a, compared to my colleagues. And like that's a le- that sounds like a legit fear and like something that is almost helpful to think that sounds Mm -hmm. like a helpful anxiety in a way where it's like yeah I might fuck up people's lives I actually do have a lot of responsibility yeah 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 it's good yeah you're right exactly so it's like good to have like a balance yeah so and in a way like any kind of form of anxiety like we have anxiety experience those we have those psychological mechanisms for an evolutionary reason right absolutely yeah so it's like (laughs) yeah if you didn't have a little voice in your head that was like it's not maybe it's not a good idea to jump off the cliff um (laughs) that would be bad we'll be fucking jumping off cliffs yeah yeah um so like it's helpful but I guess it's like when but when it goes too much the other way, yeah. we're still jumping off the fucking cliff. Yeah. But <laughs> and I guess like for mental health professionals, when it paralyzes you as well. Yeah. So it's like being scared to do anything mm. because you're afraid that you're going to do it wrong or somebody's going to yell at you or somebody's going to humiliate you. Yeah. Or yeah. it goes into that, yeah, that kind of avoidance yeah. um, coping mm. style or you're kind of, yeah, paralyzed, like dis- choice paralysis, um, decision paralysis. Like, so yeah, some anxiety or some level of not conscious unknowing yeah. so being conscious that you don't know everything yeah is a good thing yeah because it would be bad to go in thinking you didn't know everything yeah that would be really conceited be a wanker. yeah um and you <laughs> it would also probably hurt people yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah it's it's what line does this crossover yeah. like what does my at what point is my self-reflection yeah (laughs) ending up as rumination rather than useful reflection yes that's a good point yeah so like when has that line been crossed for you then yeah I mean I've worked a few different jobs um a few different places it was tricky when I first started out I think as well because not only was it such a struggle for me to get my degree, mm. but then with some, as someone with like lived experience as well, mm. it was like this feeling of, oh, am I not really a professional or am I not really like, how, how do I utilize this in a, in a good way? Mm. And when I first first started out practice, like it was, I think it was quite obvious that I had 
was carrying some like <laughs> mental health concerns with me. Um, How was it obvious? <laughs> well, I mean. Did um, you have a badge that was just like, I'm crazy? Well, uh, basically. Okay. Yeah, as, as good as not, like under this tattoo, there is <laughs> oh, okay. um, a, a whole bunch of scars. Oh, okay. So, and I did not have my tattoo um, when I first started out practice. Mm. So it was always this kind of thing of having to like hide my arms Aww. from people, yeah, from clients as well as, and I think the first client I had when I said at the end, oh, then do you have any questions for me? <laughs> and they said, um, as a young person, and they said, um, yeah, like, have you ever been depressed? <laughs> And that was like one of your first clients. That was my first real client. And what did you say? <laughs> well, <laughs> that was that choice of how much do you reveal and what's still a professional level of self-disclosure and a useful level to the client. So like all of those things going through your head in that moment, you're like simultaneously like fuck the family out or like how much do I disclose? I think unconsciously, right? I mean, those those um, processes in our brains happen yes. so quickly. Mm. So it's not like you're literally sitting there like <laughs> listing out the dialogue to yourself. <laughs> but <laughs> I think all those things are kind of firing. Um, so you just, but you probably don't have enough time to think it through to yeah. actually make it. So you just have to kind of go with your instinct, which, yeah. So I think I said, I said, yeah, you know what? I, I have, um, I had, that is something that I've experienced in the past and, um, you know, and it was really hard to go talk to someone at first, you know, once I found someone that I clicked with and then it was really helpful. And, you know, now I'm kind of on, I guess the other side of that, although I don't think it's really useful to position it as sides, but mm. <laughs> But I think I just said something kind of short and sweet like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> then that young person returned for services, Woo-hoo! which was really cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's it it is that kind of fear, that constant fear. Like you're sitting in the, you know, the team meetings. You're sitting in the um, lunchroom, and people are talking about, like, um, you know, BPD, and yeah. they're talking about eating disorders, and you're like, fuck, they don't. They're like. <laughs> At the same time, you're like, fuck, they know nothing. But at the same time, you're like, maybe I know nothing. Am yeah. I the one that knows nothing? <laughs> Sorry. So questioning yeah. questioning your existence and your knowledge. Yes. Cool. Pretty much. So I think it would have been really cool just to have someone kind of just acknowledge that that is a big part of mm. placement experience mm. and it can be one of the most confronting things on placement when mm. you're first starting out, practicals, you know. Um, when you first graduate, all those sorts of things. That that you're going to be confronted with? That you may be. Yeah. That you, that you may be confronted with this kind of imposter syndrome and I yeah. suppose like how to deal with that in practical terms. Yeah. Without, because it's something that if you feel like you raise it with your supervisor, you're like, all oh, this means that the imposter syndrome tells you, all oh, this means that I am not ready. Yeah. Or I shouldn't be here. This confirms it. Yeah. And then my supervisor's going to know. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, like he just hearing you talk, I feel like it comes up in mental health professionals partly because there's so much that we need to know. Mm-hmm. And each individual person is an individual. So there's so many 
like every time you meet somebody, that's an opportunity for them to find you out and you have to apply your skills in a different way. Yeah. Um, I can meet one person and I'll be like, yep, good job, me. Uh, you did great. And then I'll meet another person who's like 20 years older and I'll be like, ah, like I got no clue. And then the thing that I tried with the last person isn't working and they're looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, <laughs> it would be nice if I feel like it could be good if a supervisor was just like, there is so much that you don't know and that's okay. Yes. Yeah. That's essentially the core message. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean that you're deficient as a human. Yeah. It's just that there's a lot to learn in this field. Yeah. For sure. And and that's the thing, there's different factors, like mm. particularly when you talk about mental health. When I was reading about this, there's all these different factors that go into it. Mm. So one, I guess working in mental health field, you're likely to have people that generally speaking experience more empathy. Yeah. Um, are more likely to say minimize their self in favor of others. Yes. You've also got people, I guess, like myself, when you you might go into this field of work in response to some of your own experiences. So you might already have some of that baseline anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there can also be confusing messages as well because about what? So like I guess you go to uni for however many years, depending yeah. on what degree you're doing. Mm. You end up in the profession, you've you've learnt all this stuff and then all of a sudden it's also like learning that every client is an individual yeah. and the client is the expert in their own experience. Yes. So all of a sudden it's like, okay, you've trained to be the expert but then you're not really the expert. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're the expert mm. and you've got to kind of minimise yourself mm. and not put yourself into the work too much. Yeah, it's really and tough. Then, but then at the same time, yeah, like it's, yeah, so it's, it's a bit it's a bit of a like mix and bowl. Well, it's like this impossible <laughs> dance. It's like you have to yeah. know but also not know and, yeah, it's, yeah, and I guess that. Like we expect you to have all this background knowledge but at the same time the client's the expert, which is, which I, I agree with. Yeah. It can be a confusing message when you're first starting out. Yes. <laughs> and then like in psychology, there are a few studies which say that psychologists prefer non-directive therapy, but when you ask clients what they want, they say they actually want more directive therapy. Mm. Uh, but then I guess you have to put that through to every individual as well. So some people might not like that. No wonder we have imposter syndrome. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> It's like this is all making sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we do have to minimise ourselves. Like, Yeah. And I guess we all want to do our best as well. So I think like yes. hearing you talk. We it's... care about people, yeah. right? That's yeah. why most of us are doing this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so like when you mentioned right at the start, like feeling like you're not helping people, I think that's the most comp, that's my most frequent manifestation mm. of mm. imposter syndrome where I feel like I'm not helping people at all. Um, and I'll just be really down on myself and I'll be like, clients hate me. I'm not doing anything. How is that helpful? It wasn't helpful. And then I'll beat myself up for seeking reassurance from my clients. So sometimes I'll ask my clients, did you find that helpful? And they'll be like, yes. And I'm like to myself, God, you're an idiot. Why are you seeking reassurance? You weren't doing that for them. You're awful. Um, 
And yeah, I'm terrified they're going to realise that I'm not helping them. So I guess that I do have mm. imposter syndrome. There you yeah, go. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. You're I'm, more fucked up than you thought you were. I'm one of you. <laughs> we are one. <laughs> we are. And that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's going to be different for, for each person. Like we're all fucking individuals too. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but I think it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that, yeah, you can learn all the theories in the world at uni and you can learn how the brain works and blah, blah, blah. But yourself in the work is not something we really go into and no. how the work is going to affect you. And, I mean, yeah, there might be like one bit of one unit on vicarious trauma. Yes. But <laughs> because we're told so often not to project ourselves into the work, mm. it is then really hard to figure out how to integrate that I feel like that's it like I feel like maybe at uni they don't want to train us into how to cope with bringing ourselves into the work because they want it to be so patient client Mm. focused Mm. so they don't want to turn it into like an inward reflection but then it's almost like ignoring that really does us harm like it really does a disservice to us because it it's inseparable in a way yeah yeah exactly Mm. it's not something that you can separate it's not like you've got two like really distinct variables there because you are bringing yourself to the work no matter what yeah like (laughs) and I think that transition from you know roles so you're transitioning from learner to then an environment where you're not the learner anymore, you're the teacher or the guide or the whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> Gandalf, whatever you want to be. Yeah. Thou shalt not pass. <laughs> um, so that that's a transition of roles as well and that can be, that's not really something that's necessarily addressed necessarily through, through placement. No. Um, or directly anyway, mm. not n- not often directly addressed. Mm. Well, I just mm. like, like I just had to deal with it by myself, which I guess is one of the reasons why we started the podcast. So, so you, yes. you listener, didn't have to go through it by yourself. But um, like my f- hearing you talk about your placement, my first placement during my studies was at a hospital coincidentally the hospital I was a patient at <laughs> 10 years beforehand <laughs> and completely random I had no idea I was going to be allocated oh, there oh god um yeah and that was really tough yeah that must be such a like turnaround I've done that work yeah. in a place where I yeah. was a client yeah that's how and it's yeah, a mind cool. fuck yeah it was a real mind <laughs> fuck and I was like and I was walking past like a fountain in the hospital and I was like oh that's where I tried to drink lots of water so it'd fill up my stomach so I don't have to eat as much <laughs> oh isn't Fond that a delight yeah <laughs> hashtag blessed yeah. <laughs> oh sorry so blessed yeah so blessed, <laughs> so blessed. Um, and yeah because I remember distinctly telling my supervisor because they did employ me mm. after my placement and I felt like that was a good time to t- disclose that I had been a patient there mm-hmm. before. And I remember telling my supervisor, she didn't have a problem with it, but I was like, I don't want anybody else to know that I had mental illness. And mm. like, even thinking about that, I'm like, oh gosh, way to self stigmatize, mm. hey? Um, 
So I think that was another manifestation mm. of imposter syndrome where I was like afraid that I was going to be outed as having mental illness. But then that mm-hmm. also highlights like possible prejudices, like what would that say about me as a professional? And mm. I feel like we're kind of trained possibly into viewing that negatively when it could be positive. For sure. Oh, gosh, that sounds like another whole podcast topic. It does, but <laughs> I guess just quickly, like, I mean, that's talking about placement specifically. Yeah. Like that does... I had two very distinct placement experiences, like one that was very negative and one that was really quite positive. Hmm. And I think the difference there, I mean, the difference was uh, the supervisor, but the supervisor in my second placement really encouraged me to be as much as of my authentic self as possible. So it's that, that feeling of authenticity. If you are living in alignment with your values and your personal identity Mm. and your experiences as opposed to not living in alignment with them or not feeling like you can, not you're not allowed to in whatever environment, then that seemed to be the key difference between those two placements for me. Yeah. Um, That's really interesting and that's like a really good point because when you say that being able to be yourself I think that was the key reason why I had a really good placement experience Mm. as well because I was allowed to be myself and then my supervisor communicated that it was okay to be me and that she valued that. Yes. Yeah. And that people value it. That's profound. We're something. We got it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But I think, you know, I think that's that's the thing is like it's it's working on your identity, your self-identity. And it's okay that that's not there straight away. I think that's the thing as well. Yeah. Like that is something that can build over time. Even though I had a positive experience at that placement, I then went into work and I had a lot of ups and downs. Yes. I had different types of work experience, that's yeah. for sure. Mm. So it's not like it's something that you attain and then you're just at that level forever. Oh, no. It's <laughs> it's not an end point, no. right? So it's not like something that you reach and then you're there and it's all great. No. <laughs> it will kind of go up and down. Yeah, totally. And I think it's okay not to know. Yes. And to kind of identify your own areas of interest, your own areas of skill, Mm. and it's okay to not be an expert in everything. So it's okay to have particular areas of interest and say, yeah, I'm really into eating disorders, but, um, you know, like I do not care for... Um, the area of neurodivergence. Or yeah, I do not. I do not care for you know children, like children, yeah, children. couples. Oh yeah. my god, couples! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like doing that with children, but I feel like that would offend some people. Parents, gross. I like the children. I don't like the parents. Should we just do an episode of like all the populations we hate, or is that too? Um, uh, that might be too confronting. Okay. <laughs> Anyway. Let's make up to it, mate. Let's make like episode six. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to keep listening, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but uh, I think I think I think the key point I wanted to make though, yes, is that another phrase you hear a lot is the fake it until you make it, and I, I don't think that this, I don't think that this approach is necessarily helpful. Well, tell us why, Rach. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I think. 
you, you know, it's like I was saying before, it's always a work in progress. There's not an end point. You're not going to make it and you've made it and that's it. But I think it also, it also masks kind of that the very real anxieties and fears that are there. Very so true. it kind of glosses over um, what is, it brushes aside the issue. And it's an issue that a lot of um, people experience when coming into this workplace. And yeah, and that's, so I felt best in the roles where I have been able to be my authentic self. Mm. Um, but like, and adding to that, it's like yeah. I felt best in the roles that I've had when I'm able to communicate those anxieties mm. to understanding supervisors. Mm. And like, it sounds stupid in hindsight, but it was important at the time. Yes. Um, so like a small example I can give is when I was first starting out doing group therapy, I think I had this fear that uh, I would scare the patients if I went too deep into a topic. And then I told my supervisor that and she was lovely and she was like, Bronwyn, you give them the coping skill beforehand then. And I was like, ah, huh. That makes so much sense. You're so smart. And immediately my anxiety reduced, whereas if she had said instead, oh, just don't worry about it, just fake it, that's so unhelpful. Whereas what she told me, like, not only alleviated my fear but helped me be a better practitioner to the patients. Yeah, 100%. Boom. Fuck yeah. Mm. It's like that bloody Brene Brown video about the, what is it, the little aardvark down the hole? Oh, yes. Empathy and sympathy. Yeah. Oh, yep, yeah. yep, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Instead, instead of just saying, oh, oh You want well. a sandwich? <laughs> oh, well, would you like a sandwich? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I can see things are pretty tough right now. Yeah. Let me come down there and spend some time with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would it be nice if we had all of that? So I guess like. So it's, it doesn't need to, someone doesn't need to fix the issue. No, if they don't need to fix it. you have a friend that comes to you and is like, fuck man, I've got the imposter syndrome bad. Yeah. You don't need to fix it for them. No. But acknowledging it yeah. and being there with them and maybe sharing some of your own experience yeah. back. Could, could you helpful. remind them of their own achievements? I'm thinking of one of my psych mates and she has imposter syndrome intensely and she's amazing. I feel like like I, I do empathise but I'm also just like, dude, you're amazing, and I try and, like, remind her of her achievements or is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think I'm going to give you the really annoying answer no. if it depends on the person. Oh, okay. Well, I okay. Probably. Okay. Okay. For me, it's for me, it's not helpful yeah. when people say, "Oh, but you've done this and you've yeah, done that," it's the because butt. that makes me feel even more stupid. Because um, it makes, makes me feel sense. even more dissonance yes. between how I feel internally. And what I've achieved externally. I feel uh, that there's even more dissonance there. So, I feel like that's true. Like even when I think of that myself, I feel like I wouldn't like that myself um, mm. because I know that. I know that I have achieved things. Yeah. But it, just, it just still doesn't take away that feeling. So I feel yeah, like for me. the feeling is still there, right? Yeah, yeah I feel like yeah. for me personally. So I'm, I've, I've dis, dis, I don't know, disengaged? No, that's not the word. Well, whatever, let's use disengaged. Yeah. I've disengaged. I've unsubscribed yes. from the phrase fake it till you make it. Oh, nice. Yes, because, yes, for many reasons, but it's not been necessarily helpful because that has not actually dealt with the anxiety and the fear that underlies <laughs> imposter syndrome for me. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel like this is kind of a good point to yeah. wrap up. Yes, be authentic and find spaces that allow you to be authentic. It's okay to change jobs if they're shit. <laughs> I, I, like, I like that last part. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Cool. Well, 
Thank you, Rach, for a great first episode. Woohoo, we did you, it. Bronwyn. Check out the show notes on your phone for links to things we talked about on the show, as well as additional resources we think you might find helpful. And if you want more, keep on listening wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be releasing episodes weekly. And while you're there, hit subscribe. So, so you, you don't, don't have to go to scrolly scrolly. <laughs> Every time a new <laughs> show drops. Yeah, you can just, yeah. it'll just be there. We'll be there waiting for like you. Magic. We're always watching. <laughs> and, and look, what type of content would you enjoy hearing us talk about on the podcast? Mm. We're, we're all about mental health professionals and dealing with the day-to-day realities of We've being a mental health professional. Yeah, we do. What do you want to know? What's the biggest thing you're struggling with? Get in touch over email at thementalworkpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.